The Canandaigua Treaty was signed on November 11, 1794. It is a treaty between the United States of America and the six nations of the Iroquois Confederacy, the Seneca, Cayuga, Onondaga, Oneida, Mohawk, and Tuscarora. Every year, the signing of this treaty is celebrated. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Ansley Jemison, cultural liaison at the Natural Heritage Trust, Seneca Arts and Cultural Center at the Ganondagan State Historic Site. Welcome to Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you and uh, pleasure to be here. Thank you. So what is important to know about the Canandaigua Treaty? Yeah, I mean, I think the most important thing to understand and recognize, I guess, about any treaties uh, for that matter, is that when treaties are signed, these are signed nation to nation. And something that's significant about that is the fact that, you know, when these treaties were signed, a lot of them were signed nation to nation. So this represents and is actually kind of a, an, an exertion of uh, indigenous sovereignty, native people being sovereign people, native people being indigenous people to this land and the original people of this land. And, you know, when we were signing these treaties, these were agreements that were made you know, nation to nation. It wasn't something that was going to be signed where, you know, when you sign a treaty, you don't sign a treaty with the state of New York. You know, the federal government wasn't signing treaties with, you know, their their citizens at the time. Um, you know, we were our own sovereign nation. We were a, a formidable people at the time. Uh, you know, George Washington valued, you know, the, the Haudenosaunee people, the Seneca people, the the Iroquois people. And, um, you know, so we had a nation to nation relationship you know, early on um, in 1794. And, you know, this is something that we still exert as our own people. You know, as Indigenous people, we still believe that that's who we are. We travel on our own passports. We have our own systems of governance. We have our own language. We have our own culture. And this is something that, you know, has at different times been damaged and had, you know, a lot of different challenges and things like that. However, these things are still maintained within our communities, within our people. And we are still here. I mean, that's another thing for people to recognize and understand. Now, has the federal government held up on their end of the bargain? Have they felt, you know, fulfilled all of the, you know, agreements in and around the treaty? Not all the time, you know. I mean, land loss has been a big part of that. Land loss has been a huge piece to any of the treaties. And I think that, you know, it's it's important for your listeners and people to understand that, you know, they were they were looking for opportunities, you know, when they came here, they were looking for these opportunities to try to expand westward. And, you know, by signing this treaty, this kind of, you know, at least kind of talked about an agreement as to like how we can do this in a peaceable way. How can we do this as, you know, brothers or as people, as opposed to one doing it to the other, you know, and, you know, as we kind of moved along through things and things challenged or changed along the way, um, um, it's 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 really been a, a very difficult sort of uh, experience. So, um, you know, the the nation to nation relationship is certainly something to kind of key in and on focus. And um, and you know, for our end, you know, as far as who we are as in, as far as indigenous people and how we have that claim, um, it's important for us to uphold and make sure that we are still who we are. You know, we have our own culture, we have our own governance, um, we have our own language. And so those are the things and the key elements that make up who we are as people. And so it's important for us to maintain and keep that. The Sanctuary for Independent Media, where this radio is based in Troy, New York, where the Hudson and Mohawk Rivers meet, is on the land of the Mohicans, now referred to as the Stockbridge-Munsee community and the Scaticoke, and on the very eastern part of the Haudenosaunee, the Iroquois territory, specifically the Gununkahaga, the Mohawk. 
But at the time of this treaty in 1974, the Mohicans were already pushed off the land. And I imagine that other Native groups, you were talking about land loss, were also pushed off these territories. So what does the treaty cover? What territories? Yeah, so essentially, I mean, it it is going to incorporate all of the territories of the Haudenosaunee people, the Iroquois people, and the Mohawk people would have, you know, maintained and had, you know, rights and kind of um, sort of, uh, I guess... Here's, here's something to understand as well, I guess. And there were territories, there were areas that we kind of managed and maintained as people and things like that. But in terms of like an ownership over the land, that was something that was really sort of a foreign concept and something that was more of a European construct. And so, you know, when these things were kind of being talked about and when these things were sort of coming about and happening, oftentimes our people didn't really have an understanding as to like, well, how do I give away something that I'm really privileged to be here you know the creator has put this here for all of our enjoyment and that was more the relationship that we had to the land and to the you know to all the elements that were in and around the area as well so it was important for us to maintain that relationship and as we saw you know our european counterparts coming in you know they always wanted to kind of have that relationship of where you're where your master your leader your father you know and whatever and it was an idea that we had to kind of push back on and say that no if we're going to enter into these agreements it's nation to nation brother to brother you know person to person and that was really a lot of where these relationships were formed now you know what has happened since then was there's a lot of different agreements as to like you know what was going to be Haudenosaunee territory what was going to be Iroquoian territory and a lot of that was going to be pushed you know there were territories and you know communities reservations things like that lands that were still kind of you know held by the original people but it was this idea that they try to push indigenous people west continue to push them towards you know the the western part of New York state so that European counterparts could kind of continue to you know encroach into the state. And so the Buffalo Creek Treaty was something that kind of came up after all of this. But really, you know, the Canandaigua Treaty was this guarantee that they would no longer, that the, that the federal government would, you know, allow the, the indigenous people, the indigenous inhabitants to have this land and that it would be a space where it would no longer be encroached upon. It would no longer be, you know, um, challenged or taken away. And of course, none of that stuff really was upheld. So one of the things that you know is important to understand about the treaty is that this is something that is still recognized today. You know, the federal government every day, as per part of the, the agreement, was that they were going to supply and furnish furnish us with certain goods and sort of services that we could kind of maintain and keep. And one of those items is a bolt of cloth. And that cloth, we call it annuity cloth, and meaning it's an annual thing that happens every year. And so to us, Every year, our clerk office, you know, down at the Seneca Nation actually issues this foot by foot or the yard by yard, um, you know, surplus piece of cloth that we receive. And that comes from the federal government. It's actually delivered to our clerk's office and it's set to be distributed to any of community members that want to use this stuff. So to us, that is the recognition. That is the understanding that they know that they have that right and responsibility. They know that they have that responsibility to our people. And the fact that they're enacting that and actually, you know, and still bringing that out, that's the, that's the significant or the, the indication to us that they realize that they're still in that agreement. Now, have they upheld all of the pieces to it? Have they, you know, not encroached on indigenous lands? Have they not taken away more things? That hasn't happened, you know? I was curious. I saw that it was $4,500 of cloth. Is that the original amount? Has this accounted for inflation? 
<laughs> Absolutely not. It's still the same bolt of cloth and it's still, you know, not a very usable piece of cloth. If I was to try to make anything out of it, I'd probably be able to make a sock at best, maybe. Oh, wow. That gives some really important perspective on that. So <laughs> as you mentioned, a lot of this uh, treaty was has not been upheld from the U.S. government. So what would you like to see from the U.S. government to move towards a more just to give more justice to indigenous communities? I mean, one thing would be great is to have a little bit more involvement by the federal government and actually have a, you know, a conversation around what treaties mean. You know, in a lot of ways, they believe that the treaties are the supreme law of the land and that, you know, when these things were agreed upon and enacted and things like that, it was from the jump that these things were right away being encroached, you know, and these things were being broken. And, you know, it'd be great for an elected official to maybe kind of stand up and finally say that, hey, you know, maybe we should kind of go back and revisit and have a conversation with the indigenous people, the original people, and maybe get an understanding as to like who they are and, and, and where they're coming from. For me, you know, I don't really know what reparations would look like. I mean, I think that one start would be is to go back and maybe revisit some of the land losses and some of the areas that like land was taken away and try to re, you know, incorporate some of those things and try to give back some land, um, help indigenous peoples reestablish traditional territories and, and spaces. Um, those things are important. You know, I mean, land loss is a huge thing, you know, losing space, losing identity, losing the ability to know and have connection to the land and the culture that you're a part of is based in land. You know, a lot of indigenous knowledge is based in the land. So that's a huge piece to it is to revisit and think about how can we do this thing in, a, in an effective way, in a just way so that indigenous people can return to homelands. You know, the Cayuga Nation right now are in a huge land dispute in and around, you know, the northern end of Cayuga Lake. It would be amazing and great for them to be able to return back to their original homelands and their territory to reconnect. It would be an area and a space for them to reheal, you know, to do some healing that would be very important and beneficial to those people. So, you know, land loss is a huge part of the conversation. Um, and how we celebrate every year is we have a commemoration at the Treaty Rock in Canandaigua, New York. It's going to happen this upcoming Friday at 2 p.m. If people can join or if people can come up and see it, um, there are going to be, you know, a number of indigenous peoples, indigenous constituents, um, elected officials, or not so much elected officials, but just really kind of, um, you know, kind of people of authorities, I guess you would say, polishing of the of the covenant chain This in terms of maintaining this relationship with our, our neighbors, with our brothers, and, you know, just making sure that we're upholding our end as long as you're doing your part and holding up yours. So that's what a lot of this is about. It's just kind of repolishing this, making sure that we're still commemorating this and make sure that we're still talking about this and educating people about treaties and what they mean and what they represent and the responsibilities that were, you know, laced into these things as well. Ansley Jemison, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the Canandaigua Treaty. Thank you so much for joining us. Certainly. And sorry for all the communication issues here. Um, there's a prescribed burn going on to my right, and I'm not sure you know, what the, uh, the internet issues were, but thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you so much.